0: More time before Pastor Tim comes, Can we just say thank you, Jesus. We
1: need to just honor him one more time. We honor you, Jesus. There's nothing that we do in and of ourselves. we are worthy of it all. Your presence is so thick in this world tonight, and we just say thank you, Lord Jesus, for being here, being in our midst, filling us, anointing us, setting us apart. Strengthening us. You're so good to us, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
0: For those that may not be aware, I didn't get a chance to the other night to share that Pastor Tim is
1: pastor of King's Chapel in Knacknick, King's Salmon, Bristol, right? I asked him today, I said, Brother, how long have you been in full time ministry? He 12 years. 13. 13 years. Serving God faithfully. Must be heard in these last days. And I so much love this man of
0: God. I love his humility, authenticity.
1: I want to say this. The number of things I felt like I wanted to do here this evening, but uh, if you came and you just, oh man, I, they would just hurry up and need to get into the word, um, you, you're missing something. Because uh, those lives, those, those kids appearing, never be the same yep. Yep. after this moment. Never be the same. And I'll step aside for that all day, every day. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to do I want to do something. Um, can I have the Jones family just come right here? We want to pray for you. And uh, I want you to honor this family. Not something they asked me to do. Uh, they probably if they really, really had a choice, they would ask me to not. Can face everybody? Just face everybody. I know. <laughs> They're not after honor. But they're people of honor. The family of honor. Their greatest honor is to do what God called them to do and just serve and and to love. You know how I know that? I know that because I spend time with them but I see it in their kids. That that doesn't just happen. You, You can't even just teach that. It has to be a part of you. I want to honor them. If you didn't know, it's Pastor Appreciation Month, month, and we're going to honor them. And I, you know, I cry a lot, so just that's just who I am. Uh, Pastor Austin said I, I could let my hair down, so. <laughs> you to bless them. Yeah. And he said I could have my liberty and so I'm going to do so. He'd probably say nah, no, we're going to bless them. Not that they would ever, ever ask for it. Though, so if they don't ask me to come back, this is probably why. I <laughs> can do it right now. but um, You pray and see what God would have you do to bless. anybody here. And you model honor for us. And so I'm, I want to try and lead in such a way as to make way for honor. I think there's a number of reasons why we don't honor anymore. But we're going to pray. We're going to pray. And I want you to stretch out your hands to these. And I want you to pray. Father, I thank you for this wonderful family. God, who who laid their lives and their family down on the altar of service to you in this place and in this state. Lord God, they do it because they love you and they love your people. They're not seeking to be honored. They're not seeking even a position. Oh Lord, they just want to make room for you to do what you want to do. They've sacrificed many things. And they're glad to do it again. And again. And again. And I thank you for that. Oh Lord God. And the Lord would say. The gift makes way for the giver. And ushers. Into the presence of the great. And again it's not that. Either of you have. Sought a position or a title. But because of the humility and the love that you have, God is elevating you. It's because of that. And we just pray over them even now. Lord, this fresh anointing and fresh mantle and fresh authority that's being released in this moment. Come on, people, pray. There's a mental being released in this moment. There's a fresh authority in this place that's coming about. God is expanding some things within your life and within your family, within your industry. God is expanding some things. And He's opening up a capacity. To be able to, to cause the word He's put within you to go far and to go wide. And we bless them. We bless them now. I want to say to all my native Alaskan people, I want you to pray. I want you to bless them as the people of the land. Yes. And we welcome you. I know you've been here a long time. You've been serving a long time. But we welcome you. Your, your gift of your sacrifice of your time and your, your family and your love, we welcome you and we thank you for your gift. Yes. We're humbled by your gift. Vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit, Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time that we have here tonight. We thank you for what you've already done. I pray God in the remaining moments we have together that you would release all that's in your heart towards us today. We make room for you and we invite you to come. Remove every hindrance, I pray, to people receiving from you. I ask that you do not to preach your word. We thank you. tell you a story.
0: <laughs>
1: and um, we'll see what the Lord wants to do. I felt almost like uh, after this morning's uh, slicing and dicing by um, Pastor Dove. Maybe I'll try and be Joel Osteen. But I can't smile like that. Sorry, I've got a beat with the hairs. I'll tell you a story. One of the most difficult days of my life. And, uh, man, I was a failure. It was not that long ago, a couple years ago. And, uh, I'll tell you exactly how I felt because I feel like there's some people here this evening different walks of life, but also some pastors and some ministers who may be feeling this way. I remember the Sunday, Wednesday afternoon, we have Wednesday night service. And I was a failure. I mean, that was, that's how I felt I was a failure. As a father, as a husband, as a pastor. As a Christian, you name it. I just that was my identity. Right? That's just I was. That was what consumed me. Mm. And I stood in the shower mm. and I cried. I cried. No, I. I couldn't even pray. Mm. Okay. Couldn't pray. And um crying. And God in his grace, he gave me a picture. And he showed me the prodigal son. Does anybody here not know the story of the prodigal son? Okay, a couple people. The story of the prodigal son, just to sum it up. My son, this is a parable Jesus tells, story Jesus tells The son, uh, says he wants his inheritance, he's talking to his father, uh, pretty much saying, uh, I, I'm giving you up. I, I don't I don't want to be a part of your life. I want you to give me what I want, and I'm going to go. So he goes to Anchorage, and he spends... Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: he goes to Anchorage, and he spends all the PFD. He spends all of his inheritance. Right. Might get close to home, huh? <laughs> he spends all of it. And he's got lots of friends around him, lots of people around him. They love him. And then the money runs out. People run out. And and I love how it says, I remember exactly which translation it says, and when he comes to himself, he realizes the position that he's in, and he's at that moment feeding uh, pigs was his job. If you know anything about Jewish culture, and that's probably the worst most defiled. You, can't, you couldn't go to the temple because you're unclean. You, you, it's one of the, the worst positions to be in. So hungry that he wished he could eat the slop that he was feeding to the pigs. He says to himself, self, it's okay to talk to yourself sometimes. And When a different voice comes back to you, then you need somebody to come for you. And if that happens, you just come afterwards and we'll uh, but he says, self the servants in my father's house, they eat better than this. I'm going to go home, yeah. not as a son, because uh, I've lost that. <laughs> Couldn't be a son. But as a servant, maybe he'll take me back.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? So he gets up, begins to return to his father. And it says, from afar off. Mm-hmm. Looking down the beach, far away, said his father sees him. Runs, runs to him. Grabs hold of him, and the son tries to say, no, I, "I can't, I can't be a son. I can't be a son. I can't be a son. I failed. I can't. I can't. I'm not worthy anymore. I, I already, I already pushed you away." In the story, that the father doesn't even address that. Mm -hmm. Grabs. Yeah. No, you gotta make this up to me. Grabs, embraces it. Calls for the servants to to come and to bring a a robe and and a ring. And and just to sum it up, and these are all points you can just preach on those alone. Uh, But but the robe at that time. For a certain age of a man, you could then do business on your father's behalf And the ring, the signification, covenant, coming back in the right relationship, all other messages. But what God showed me in that moment, so back to my story, told a story to tell a story. Back to that moment, again, in the shower, crying, weeping, couldn't talk to anybody, couldn't pray. He shows me the son coming back. And he says, it's not even words because I can't, I can't do words. He says to me, he shows me that the son didn't do something to be a son. He chose to be a son. And you can never fail when you choose to be a son. You choose to be a daughter. And all the things I felt like a failure as, I found solid rock. I found the solid place in God that when I choose to be in relationship, when I choose him as my father, as the son returns to him, even though he felt unworthy, even though he felt like he could never be a son, when he choose, chose to came back to that relationship. The father brought him back. Mm -hmm. And there's a number of people here this evening. You need to know. You can't fail at being a son. And you can't fail at being a daughter. That when you make the choice. For God to be your father. I mentioned this yesterday. There's a reason that Jesus started. The model for prayer with our father. Because it's relational. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: When you do that. You can't. When you make that your solid rock, then when other voices come, and they will come, and they come again, and they come again, you go back to being a son, being a dog. And it's something I'd known, but I'd not, it hadn't gone to my heart yet. I remember coming out of that day, forever changed. Because I was a son. Now, I shared that to say I I have many times been crushed by the weight of expectancy concerning my life in God. And though everything that was said this morning is true, the, the fruitfulness that God calls us to have comes from being in relationship with Him. Come on. And if you try and do it any other way, you'll get burnt out. You'll get burnt up. You'll get you get wiped out. Come on, come on. I don't know about you. Have you ever read John fifteen and gone from being encouraged to I don't want to say discouraged, but can. Um, Almost condemned in a perceived lack of fruitfulness. Don't raise your hand. What does fruitfulness mean? Well, the fruitfulness in Scripture is uh, your character, is uh, winning souls, is making disciples. That, that's some of the pictures of fruitfulness in Scripture. He says, God will know that you're my disciples because of the fruit that you bear. That, that disciples bear fruit. Disciples make disciples. However, in my life, even before ministry, knowing the things I should do, because I I grew up in a Christian home, and I read the Bible, and I knew, knew the Lord. But I could never come to Him because I wasn't enough. I wasn't enough. I couldn't, I couldn't come to him. And I knew the fruit, that what my life should look like. What I didn't know was that the fruit comes from relationship. And to this day, I have to fight chasing the fruit when he says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit If it's severed from the vine And he cannot, and you cannot be fruitful Unless you remain in me But we chase the fruit and not the vine We chase the fruit This is what I should be like I know many people that don't come to church Because they feel like they should be a certain way But he says come to me Remain in me Dwell in me Abide in me And when you do that, then the fruit happens. Everything that God calls you to do in life, including holiness, comes from Him. I've tried very hard to live holy. Mm -hmm. I've tried to have will very hard. And failed every time. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you don't will. it. There is an aspect of your will where you choose to obey God and you choose to live holy. But then there's His Spirit that He's made available to you to come and dwell within you. There's a reason that Jesus told His disciples to wait in, the, in Jerusalem until the Helper, the Holy Spirit, was sent from the Father. Because He knew they couldn't do what He wanted them to do without His help. Amen. And that same spirit, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that same spirit that operated in the books of, book of Acts is still in operation today. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And as, as we heard this morning, it's not for just in the church. It's not for just in the services. It's not just for in Sunday morning. It's for tomorrow morning when you wake up at home and your kids are disobeying. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and this happens and that happens. There must be a place where we're solid in our relationship with who we are in him. Yes. Yes. With who we are in him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to try and be very real because Pastor Austin said so. So if I hurt feelings, praise <laughs> you, you can just ask him not to have me come back.
0: <laughs>
1: you can pray for me. It's tomorrow Columbus Day. Thank you. All right. Do you love me? Yes. Well, there's a couple of you. Praise God. Okay, they say uh, tomorrow's Columbus Day, right? And there's a movement to change the name of that. You when you hold on to offense, you're robbed of your identity because you make everything about what someone else did to you. And and I'm going to say some things because I can say them. That as. Of people, and we, I know we've got a lot of a few different cultures here, but um, I'm going to talk specifically to some things today. Oh, there should be—you shouldn't talk politics and things in church. Um, much of our nation was started from the church and formed the Constitution. I want to say a few things again, because Pastor Austin said I could. This will be me with my hair down. And it's not like bulging veins like don't be said I'm going to try and choose my words carefully because there have been very real hurts that have happened. My mother went to yes. boarding school. Yes. Yes. I don't know my native language. Mm-hmm. And I don't hold it. Because I'm a son of God. Because my identity is in Him. And, and my citizenship is in Heaven. Amen. Come on. And what has happened. And what is happening particularly to our younger people. Because if you talk to our elders, this isn't necessarily the case. What's happening to our younger people. Is we're learning. There's a learning of an offense. Because it brings a fake significance. See, there's a significance that's found in Christ where he allows you to be the you that he created you to be. And the current culture today wants you to be offended so that they can rally around that offense. And it's become this badge of honor for you to be offended about who you are and who did what to you. And probably not even to you, to to people that that um, you may be related to. Way Way back then. And for some of us, it may be a little bit closer. And I shared that because my my mom did go to a boarding school. And I really don't know a lot about my culture. And we're learning. But if we're going to hold on to that offense, we will never progress into what God has called us to do. If you hold on to that offense... Then everything that happens is because they did this, because someone else did this, right. and we don't take ownership of right. what we want.
0: Right. What's well, not a
1: popular? Name. I know that that in church the devil did this and the devil did that. Um, more often than not, it's you. It's me. my words carefully because I was just speaking to somebody this week about this. If you talk to many of our people in different villages about the problems that are happening, many are waiting for the government to do something about it, for someone to to come and fix the problem. But I've been saying, as God has spoken to me and given me a vision many years ago, that it's gonna come out of our land and come out of our people. That's when it's gonna begin. To, to see the revival. People have been praying for revival. Mm-hmm. Anybody believing for a revival in our villages? Amen. Amen. Yes. Just keep them up. I want to I see. If you're believing for revival in our villages and our reservations. Can I tell you? The person. You with your hand up. Yes. This is where it starts. Yes. It starts with saying. I need to be positioned for the power of God to flow through my life. To affect those around me. Anybody ever heard of the Great Commission? Go into all the world and preach the, the, the good news, lay hands on all those different things, right? And and we're like, yeah, God, when you send me to all the world, when you send me to Africa, because they really need it in Africa. You know why that there's Africans coming to the United States as missionaries? Because revival, when the verse says, Go into all the world. He's saying your neighbor. He's saying your brother. He's saying the sphere of influence that you have. You go into that world carrying the good news, the light that's within you, the power of God that's within you, and you you allow Him to do what He wants to do. I, there was a time I was very very afraid to lay hands on the sick. I, I was I was so anxious, filled with anxiety, because I didn't know how to heal anybody. In front of me and they needed healing, and I don't have the stuff, I can't make it happen. And, God, and I have to say, it was a long time, and Pastor Daniel, my pastor, he would call me up for prayer. I try and hide behind people so he wouldn't see me. Because he, you know, his memory's not well, it's a lot better than he used to be. Um, give him grace, he was a drug addict for many years, and God, what God has done in his life is a miracle. I'll let him share about that. I would hide. Until God gave me a revelation. You want to hear it? I can't heal anyone. (laughs) (laughs) That that was the revelation. I said, God, I can't. I don't know how to heal anyone. You don't. But it set me free. It set me free because it's not my responsibility. The healing is not my responsibility. Uh, my responsibility is to, to, to obey, to live holy, to build, build my faith, to, to uh, follow him and do what he did. We heard about that this morning. A disciple does what, what the master does. And so after that, I, I just began to obey. I shared uh, yesterday about trusting God in preaching. It's the same today. I don't have this stuff. If you came to get something from me, I'm sorry. So if we charge for admission, we could say that we would give your money back. I don't have anything to give to you. I, 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 like that's my time of prayer with God as I got up. They don't have anything to give to, to anyone. And you know where that started? It started uh, with me wanting to give something to God, and I, I really don't have anything to give. I mean, that's worthy of him. And I would go and I'd pray that God, all I have is me to give to you. It's not, it's not very much, it's not worth a lot. It's It's all I got. And he goes, he goes, oh, that's all I wanted. That's what I wanted the whole time. This is, you know how much I wanted this? You know value this oh, my special treasure surprises. Yeah. But many times the shame and the guilt and the hurt and the pain and all the different things make us look at us and go, we can't do anything. That's right. Where he tells us to look at him and allow him to work through us. I really relate to the early disciples of Jesus. Many of them were fishermen. Any fishermen in here?
0: Come
1: on. Especially when the Pharisees are, are um, questioning them. I said, uh, they, they're conferring with one another, they're talking with one another after, um, after questioning the disciples. These guys are kind of dumb they were uneducated and untrained men but if you follow it it says but they recognized that they had been with Jesus I'm not saying calling anybody in here dumb but I want people to see Jesus in the disciples the Pharisees saw Jesus Who will you be? Are you solidified in who you are? You can't I'm trying to try people out. Not too late. There's a lot of young people in here. If you don't solidify within yourself who you are in Christ, somebody will tell you who you are. Somebody will tell you who you are. Can I tell you why this whole gender transforming thing is happening because we search for identity and significance. And it can only be satisfied in God. Only in God. I I tell people I I would if a young person came to me and said that they wanted to go to college I say you get solid with who you are in Christ first. Because they'll teach you right out of relationship. They'll teach you who you are when when God will already speak that and put that into you. I want to pray specifically for your identity. Because if you didn't know. When God, before he formed the world, he said, I want that person to be alive at that time. To do something for me. I want to flow my spirit and my power through them in such a way that when they talk to people, lives are changed. When they lay hands on the sick, the the, the person recovers. When they cast out demons, the demons go. But it's not by something that we can just will to happen. I'll tell you, that's been one of my most frustrating things in ministry so far. I can't just make things happen. It's been very frustrating in my life. I'm just I've always been a physically strong person. You give me enough time, I can move you. I don't care how big it is. Yeah. My me and my dad, the, what we always said, we'll make it work. And that was the case. Hey, now I get into ministry. I have to learn something. I don't have a whole lot to offer. And that might sound I want to make sure I say this correctly because I don't want it to come off as, in the bigger term, as self-deprecating. Don't say things about yourself that God doesn't say. Don't say things about yourself that God doesn't say. But you've got to understand that you're not strong enough to live whole. to say because I don't want anybody to to have a a self-defeating mentality that I'm just a victim. Anybody ever heard the statement I'm just a sinner saved by grace? I really don't like that statement. Amen. I understand it. Just don't turn me off already. I understand it. Yes. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And in that way we all need Jesus. We all need redemption. We all need Christ. But the problem I have with that statement. Is that because it, it caused the body. bunch of the church. To identify with sin and not with salvation. To identify with sin and not holiness. Well I'm just a sinner. What he me to do. I'm just going to sin. It's my nature. He's giving you a new nature. The Bible says he's taken out the heart of flesh. the heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh that he has has put his own spirit within you of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit and what's really bothered me is that what deception has come within the church that has enabled sinfulness just because we've got a sinful nature and it's not something new The, the, the apostles dealt with this just because when you sin, there's grace from God. doesn't mean we sin more so that there's more grace. You live holy. And it's not that you try really hard. You draw close. Remember what it said? Remain in me and then you'll bear fruit. Yes, and I've chased holiness all my life. But when I started pressing into Him. Yes, and, and wanting closer relationship with Him. Yes, Then the power from God came into my life and enabled me then to live holy. Enabled me then to live right. And and enabled me to be who He's called me to be. And when at one time I looked at myself, and I, I couldn't even look at myself. Because of how? Because of all the shame and all the guilt. I see Jesus. So I want to pray for a couple of things. And We'll be back at eight thirty. I want to pray specifically because, and and God didn't speak to this to me until tonight, because of tomorrow being Columbus Day, and uh, I'm not one who who ignores. The political and the things that are happening in the world. Because we're called the the church. The ecclesia is the word the church is called to. To actually govern. Mm -hmm. And I want to pray. For the breaking of that victim mentality. If I'm going to be real with you. And I don't want to push the problems under someone else. Someone's going to come and fix our alcohol problem. Someone's here. It's you. Oh, we don't want to have some kind of pride. God has sent you in this time and given you His Spirit and given you the time in your life to devote, to see it change. I don't care if you think it's pride, but revival's going to start right here. It's going to start right here. And then my family. Right here, then my family. My community. Everywhere I place my feet. If you think that's pride, well, you can go talk to the Lord. You go pray for me. But I'm going to do what Jesus did. And so we're going to pray. If you'll join with me, we're going to pray. For the breaking of that victim spirit that paralyzes our people. It paralyzes our people. I can't do anything about my life because of what's happened to me. Because of somebody did this, because of the the um It's a spiritual problem. It's a spiritual problem. And if we ignore it and wait for someone else to do it, it's not going to happen. Because you're the someone. You're the someone. You know, um, my kids, they don't knock on the door when they come into my house. Because there's somebody. There's somebody, right? That, that's, my, that's my kids. That's, they don't need... Hey, are you somebody? Then you... If you're a son, if you're a daughter of God, because you've accepted him into your life as your Lord, as your Savior, as your Father, then you're someone. And that somebody is in Him, And that somebody then can operate from the realities of the kingdom of heaven and see them released in the earth. You remember I mentioned the story of the prodigal son when he received a robe? When he goes into the market, the robe says, hey, he can speak on his father's behalf. I can speak on my father's behalf. You can as well. I remember last year, one of the significant things I remember from being here last year is we prayed against suicide. Um, I felt something. I felt something break. Something significant happened in that moment. Because of a people. Called by his name. Gathered together of different colors, different cultures, and begin to declare the will of God. So I want to ask you to stand. And, and uh, before we pray, let me say this. I'm, I'm not demeaning anybody's hurt. Things happen. But if you never forgive, you'll never heal. If you never forgive, you never progress. And I'll say, I'll say one more thing, because I just I'm rich.
0: A lot of the things, a lot of the time,
1: when people don't want to forgive, it's because it, it, for, it forgiving feels like you're letting go of some type of power over the person or over the thing that happened. Like if I forgive, then then they'll never pay for what they did. You're the only one paying for it. Well, you. Children and everybody you pass that on oh, yeah, to. Yeah, oh, everybody God. you pass that on oh, to so sort of pays for it. Yeah. And it does the opposite of, of what you really want to happen. Yeah. You really want to be healed, but you've got to forgive.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, one of the biblical things is um, a positional repentance where we stand in position for a people. You'll see that in the Old Testament. Where a leader would stand in position and repent for a people. I don't want to take time to do that. And we're going to pray for healing. We're going to pray also that God would forgive us for allowing our people to be paralyzed. You might want to pass the responsibility to someone else. I'm not going to do so. Lord, that... (laughs) That I wouldn't die before something changes, God. Uh, God so hear me; it's not pride, but I'm going to take responsibility for what's happening. The people that did something for God and changed their nation—they took responsibility and then allowed the power of God to flow through. So let's let's pray. Let me pray for you, Father. I thank you for this moment, God. I thank you that you're bringing about a healing. God, I, I recognize that there is real hurt. There is real pain. There is real loss that has happened. We recognize that. And I, I recognize also that you're the healer of all pain. You're the healer of all hurts. And you're the healer and restorer of all things. And so i pray right now over those that have, have felt lost. Those who been, have been been uh, um, betrayed. Those who, who are feeling even that, that wounding. I pray for healing right now, but it would go beyond this room. Lord, we pray for the healing of our people. I pray, God, for our Alaska Native people, for Native American people. Lord, that that offense would no longer plague our families and our generations. That the offense would no longer bring a paralyzing. To our people. Oh Lord, you've called uh, our our people, the Native Native American people, to be strong. We're a strong people. But we've been paralyzed by unforgiveness. Been paralyzed by offense, oh Lord. And we come to you tonight and we ask for healing. But we repent. where we have allowed ourselves to be victims we've allowed ourselves to be offended where we've not stood up where we needed to stand up where we've aligned ourselves with an identity that you've not called us to we ask for forgiveness tonight. We repent to you, oh Lord God, that you would forgive our people, and I as we forgive, that you would that you would uh, bring a, a wave of forgiveness. Jesus, you gave your life for us, even though it was our sins that put you there. You gave your life for us. Yet yeah, you forgave. We choose to forgive. I want you to speak it out. I want you to speak it out. I want you to choose to forgive those who've who've hurt our people, those who've who've brought about destruction. We forgive. We choose to forgive. We choose to forgive. We choose to forgive. And we ask for forgiveness. We repent to you. There are things that you've called our people to do. That have not been done because of offense and because of hurt. We'll be robbed no longer. We'll be robbed by offense no longer. We say enough is enough tonight. Enough is enough. This is where it stops. In Jesus' name. It's not something we want to do in our will. We want your power. We need your power to break that bondage and break. I thank you I thank you and one more thing quickly if you, if you need prayer concerning your identity right now if you're struggling in your sexual identity if you're if you have questions about about uh, doubts about who you are in. Christ. I want to pray for you. I want you to boldly come, and, and it's it's any of the things I mentioned. If you have questions about your identity, you don't think you're worthy. You, you can't even. Many times people can't even come to the altar just because they can't they, they feel not worthy. I want you to come. You're going to break that. Yes. Come. Just come. Amen. Glad you come. You can come and stand in for someone else. Uh, I, I've got family that are struggling in that identity. And, and, and their sexuality and in, in who they are. If you need healing because of feelings of, of lack of worth, because of shame, a couple. Listen, what you choose to do right now will affect your children and affect the generations after you.